I'm in lesson number five. I teach in series. Started the year this year. I woke up, uh, man, I don't know, late December, and I just knew that I knew that I knew that this year, if we're going to have an effective year and be all that God called us to be, we got to be people of prayer. And so I, I haven't in a long time. Y'all, it's been years since I taught on prayer on Sunday mornings. I've normally taught that on Wednesday nights or we have prayer times. I teach a little bit on prayer, but uh, boy, we're going to hit it hard. So we've been hitting it hard. This is lesson number five on, uh, on prayer and just kind of how it works. My notes are on version. Let me say that. So if you have the version app of the Bible, open it up and you can go to the bottom right where it says more. Click that. Another screen comes up, center of the screen. It says events. Click that. And then you'll see a map of Raleigh. And at the bottom, you'll see a little flag with Victory Church. Click that, and there are my notes. Because I will not say everything in my notes today. So I want you to have them. So, uh, you know, you can take notes if you like, but I've done it for you. I've even done your homework. How's that? So you just need to put it into practice. So uh, this is fifth week. First week, we talked about Jesus' prayer life. Jesus being the Son of God. I mean, the God-man laid aside his God qualities or powers, I should say, not qualities, but powers. And he lived as a human. But Jesus lived a lifestyle of prayer. And Jesus would get up early or, or sometimes he would spend, now this is crazy, a whole night in prayer. Because he knew he had a busy day the next day. And, and if, 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 if prayer, here's the bottom line, if prayer was important in Jesus' life, do you think it's important in ours? Yes or no? I'm a Bible school kid, 1977, that dates me. And uh, I was uh, 19 years old. We're in Bible school, so we got this. Uh, we wanted to be real spiritual, you know. And uh, so we found out John Wesley in our readings that if he had a busy day, he'd say, well, he said it in his journal. Well, I got such a busy day today, I must spend the first four hours in prayer. And my Lord Jesus, you know, we can't spend five minutes in prayer. So we got up early and, and we were sleeping in 10 minutes. We got up at 4.30 to pray. That never, you know. So anyway, we just figured out that you got to be practical and slow with prayer. Here's the deal. God is an amazing person, but he's invisible. And you got to learn how to talk to him. Got to learn how to fellowship with him. Second, third, and fourth lessons. We took three weeks. And we've talked about the why behind prayer. And the why behind prayer is very, very interesting. You don't hear people talk about it a whole lot these days. But, but this is a really, really insightful subject. Um, God created the earth, placed man here, and then the way he set things up is uh, when, when God placed Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3, when, when God created everything and then placed man here, the way he set it up was God would not do anything on earth unless he went through his man, his woman. You get it? Humans. So, so he wouldn't just say, well, I want to do this and do it and say, oh, well, let me tell you all what, what I did. He set it up so when he did anything, they were his under rulers. He gave them an element of his authority. But the unthinkable happened. They committed treason against God. Satan had fallen from heaven. And all this is three weeks, the last three weeks, talked about it in detail. Satan fell from heaven, uh, led an insurrection against God. God kicked him down to the earth. He fell. And he tempted Adam and Eve. They sinned against God. And when they sinned against God and broke fellowship with God, they also gave the authority God gave them on the earth away to God's arch enemy, Satan. And the New Testament has many names for Satan. Calls him the God of this world, the prince of this world, the ruler of this world. 
Uh, why? Because he has a, a legal right to be here, the authority that God gave the original man, Adam and Eve, God of uh, the human race in them. It was, it was given to Satan when Adam and Eve or the human race obeyed them. And so that's the reason that we have to pray today. Now, here's the thing you got to know. When Jesus came, he was the first man born since Adam and Eve sinned in fellowship with God. He was 100% human, 100% God. Satan had no jurisdiction in his life. Death could not dominate him. Sickness could not rule him. None of the, none of the imps of hell could kill, steal, and destroy against Jesus. He whipped their backsides. And then... And then he became our sin, died, conquered death, was raised from the dead, standing before his disciples after he appeared to them for 40 days. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet will he live. I have the keys of hell and death and the grave. And then in Matthew 28, he said, all authority is given unto me. Jesus was the representative man. And as a man, he whipped the devil. As a man, he paid the price for sin. As a man, he died. As a man, he went to hell. As a man, he took our judgment. As a man, he conquered death. As a man, he resurrected from the dead. He took the sting out of death for us. Then he stood before his disciples. All authority is given unto me. He said that as the representative new creation man in the church of the Lord Jesus. And you know what he was really saying? The authority that God gave Adam, that Adam gave away to Satan, where he is currently stealing, killing, and destroying, I have whipped his backside. And I have given the authority that Adam gave away back to my church. Now if God's going to do something, he's got to do something through the church. That means we have to pray. And if you're not a praying person, the devil can whip your tail, eat your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And just steal from you all your life and make life hell on earth. How many hear me? But Jesus gave us authority. Jesus redeemed the human race. When you put your faith in him, you can come out from under Satan's jurisdiction and control. Even though we live in a fallen world, we can exercise authority over him. And we can walk in the joy of the Lord and know that God is for us, not against us. And we can, we can move mountains. God can do things through prayer. If you don't pray, you're in trouble. You get it? So, so uh, I'll, I got all these quotes, let's see. I took these from my notes from a long time ago. Here's one, I'll just read one. Uh, Leonard Ravenhill, your prayer life denote, denotes how much you depend on your own ability and how much you really believe in your heart when you sing. And uh, he, he quotes from a, a hymn from yesteryear. Nothing in my hands I bring simply to the cross I cling. Then he makes this last statement. It's worth reading the whole thing. The more self-confidence you have, the less you pray. Do you get that? The less self-confidence you have, the more you have to pray. Isn't that good? So where are you at? Are you confident in? See, if you're confident in yourself, I don't need to pray. I know what to do. Well, you just dumb. Because something's going to whip you one day. But if you're smart, you say, God, I'm not as smart as I think I am. I humble myself. Come into my life. I invite you. Rule me. Help me. And you pray and ask him for stuff all the time. How many think that's a good idea? Now, I'm changing gears today. And uh, 
My notes keep coming back. I have to cut them back on. So uh, today I'm changing gears. And here's, I'm, I won't get through today. I'll just get started. It'll take me a few Sundays. I want to talk about the different kinds of prayer. Now, when I was a little boy, I was raised, I was raised in church. I can remember wearing diapers to church. I have a really good memory. It's nuts. I mean, it's really nuts. My daddy had to take me out and spank me because I was talking in church, you know. So anyway, so I heard all this church stuff, you know, crazy. But, but I heard people pray in church, and they pray the same thing every Sunday, you know. What I mean? And then we prayed the Lord's Prayer, you know what I mean? And then, and then I heard this, like, and here's what they say. And, and, and here's what I figured out as a little kid. These people don't know if God's going to answer that prayer or not. Because they're praying the same thing over and over. And then they always end it with, Lord, if it be your will. That means if it didn't work out, it's not my fault, it's God's. So we didn't have any responsibility. So the inference was, why well, pray? God's going to do what he wants to do anyhow. Nothing could be further from the truth. And then I, heard, then I heard my pastor say, well, you know, when it comes to prayer, sometimes God says yes. And sometimes God says no. And sometimes God's just quiet, don't say anything. I thought, that's the weirdest thing. So how can you pray in faith if you don't know what God's going to do? Then I, as, I, as I came to the Lord in my late teen years, started studying the subject of prayer, Here's what I found out. We just take prayer, and we just got this idea that all prayer is the same kind of prayer, and it's not. And the reason we're confused and don't pray is, is we don't know what God might do. But if you pray according to the Word, you can have confidence that God will hear you and answer your prayers. But you've got to go according to the rules. So there are different kinds of of prayer. Now I've got several translations. I'm going to do this real quickly for time. They're all in the notes. So Ephesians 6:18. Here's a new international version. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Notice he says with all kinds of prayer and requests. And then Philip's translation, another New Testament translation, J.B. Phillips, pray at all times with every kind of spiritual prayer. He he adds the term spiritual to prayer. And then, this is really, a, 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 I love this translation, God's Word translation. Isn't that a good name for it? He says, pray in the Spirit in every situation. Use every kind of uh, prayer and request. So there's every kind of prayer. And then Amplified says, pray at all times. <coughs> Excuse me. On every occasion in every season in the Spirit. And then Amplified says, with all manner of prayer. So he says, all manner of prayer. Passion translation, he says, with every form of prayer. So that leads you all those different five. There are different kinds of prayer. You get it? So I have searched the New Testament old, come up with at least seven different kinds of prayer. And, and I want to take, I'll just get through one today, the first one. And then you keep coming back and we may take two or three. And we, we'll just see how the Lord does. I, I, I don't try to, you know, hurry this because I think we need to understand. Is that Okay. So you keep coming, we'll keep talking. At least seven, number one is the prayer of faith we'll talk about today. And that's a prayer primarily for yourself. Sometimes you can pray that for someone else if they'll agree with you, but sometimes it won't work for somebody else because they're not believing what you believe. How many get it? It's primarily for yourself. Uh, Secondly, the prayer of consecration. And that's really a prayer where I relinquish control of me to God. That's an important prayer to pray. A lot of believers haven't prayed that yet because they're do, still doing their own thing their own way. If you want life to be successful with Jesus and in general, you got to pray that one. The prayer of consecration. Three, the prayer of supplication and intercession. Uh, supplication, 
is where you beg a favor on behalf of another. That's literally what it means. And then intercession is where you actually stand in the gap and you step in on behalf of someone else. So we'll take some time to talk about that one. Then there is the prayer of agreement. Jesus said in Matthew 18, if two of you agree on earth as touching anything they ask. So that's the prayer of agreement. And there's times that, you know, you just, you need somebody else to say, I'm with you. I got your six. I got your back. We, we got this together. I got certain people when I, when I got a faith fight, I call them and say, hey, I want you to agree with me. And I know they'll spiritually agree and we'll get it done. So we'll talk about that, the prayer of worship. That's, that's a prayer where you, where you focus on the Lord. How many know it's a form of prayer when we just did what we did in worshiping the Lord? Yes. You don't do that just on Sunday morning. You do it all the time. You do it in your car. People like to sing in the shower. Do it in the shower. Do it while you're getting ready in the mornings. Sing on your commute to work. Worship the Lord. I go on walks, you know, for exercise, and I'll sing, worship God. You know, at least the birds enjoy it. Number six, united praying. Now, that's a tremendous prayer where people join their faith together, and it produces astounding Results, that's why we have prayer times together. Uh, And then number seven, praying in the spirit. And that is a prayer that is beyond your own understanding. And it enables us to pray about things that we don't know about that are coming up the path of life. And it enables us to pray with the Holy Spirit's help. And we'll cover all of them. So I'm gonna take some time to look at each one of these individually. So let me say it this way. There are rules and guidelines for all these different kinds of prayer. And what we usually do is just think of prayer as prayer. And we don't think about the different modes or forms of prayer. And so we just think all of the rules apply to each one equally, and that's not true. So today I want to differentiate. For instance, you know, we had Super Bowl last Sunday. I hope your team won. Anyway, team that won hadn't won in 50 years. But so, so you got uh, football. What y'all laughing at me for? I'm just... Uh, just excited. Football, drank too much coffee actually. Football, baseball, basketball, tennis, all these sports, right? What, what, if you play, what if you play football with baseball rules? Somebody say, you're a kook. I play tennis. What if I played, what if I played tennis with basketball rules? Now, you're a quirk, a freak. You've lost your mind. Well, that's what we've done with prayer. We're using the rules that don't apply to one and try to make those rules apply to all and doesn't work. How many understand? So I don't want to make this real logical, technical, because that's not what prayer, prayer is a heart fellowship with God. How many understand? But see, there's still, you know, there's spiritual rules that you follow when you know how you're praying about certain things. So we're going to look at the different kinds of prayer and look at the rules that apply to each one. So I'm going to jump right in. The few minutes I got left, we'll talk about one form of prayer. Probably the one that you'll maybe use the most just because life circumstances are harsh and uh, grueling at times. And, and this is one that, you know, if you do this one the right way, it just keep you close to the Lord. And it's the prayer of faith. Or somebody call it, some people call it the prayer of petition. And again, this is a prayer that you primarily pray for yourself. You know, we need finances, we need healing. We need intervention in a circumstance. Uh, or this is the prayer you pray when, when something comes and mentally it worries you. Well, this is the prayer, the prayer of petition. 
It's the prayer of faith where you ask God for specific things. How many get that? This is usually not a prayer that you pray for someone else. It's a prayer you pray for yourself. Sometimes you can pray this for someone else if they're a baby believer or maybe they're not even a Christian. But even then, here's the key. You got to get them to agree with what you're saying and praying. And, and if, they, if you're believing one thing and they're acting and saying something completely different, it'll negate this prayer. It won't work. So there's a different way to pray for other people. And that's supplication, intercession. See the difference? See? See, different rules. So, so let's talk about this prayer. This is a powerful prayer. This prayer, you don't have to be loud. In fact, there's times I've whispered this prayer. And, and amazing things happen. This prayer is a seedbed for personal miracles. Did you hear me? It's amazing. It's a powerful way to pray. Let me, now I got to, before I go any further, I want to say this. Uh, I see this a lot on Facebook, for instance, with Christians that are on there. I'm friends with probably too many Jesus, too many people. There's lots of people. But I see all this stuff, you know, when I peruse it, when I take time. And, and here's, what, here's what you see today. Well, you know, so-and-so's got such-and-such, and, and they're trying to get. So here's the idea. Well, I can pray, but if I can get 50 people to pray, God will hear. Or if I can get 100 people to pray, or if I can get 1,000 people to pray, that'll be more effective than 100. Or... Or if I can get, if I got a big need, get 10,000 to pray. Now, some of you ain't going to like what I'm going to say. But if you're thinking about the prayer of faith and praying for yourself, thinking the more that pray for you, the more you'll get, you might get zip, zero. Because you're using the wrong rule. Everybody just got quiet saying, wait a minute, you telling me it's wrong to to pray for others? No, I didn't say that. Just got to apply the right kind of rules and the right kind of praying. So, for instance, the right kind would be if you say, well, let's all pray. How many know if all of us in America are praying for our country that's in trouble, how many know God can hear that? And so in that sense, the cumulative effect of the citizens of a nation, I mean, bombarding the throne of God. God, we need you. God, we're in trouble. We've been doing the wrong things. I'm standing on behalf of my nation. We need your help. How many know that's the right way to get a bunch of people to pray for the same thing? But if you got a personal need, if your faith is in getting more people to pray, your faith's in the wrong thing. God will answer one. That went over big. Listen to you. You're so quiet. Listen. Smith Wigglesworth said this, it's, and, and Smith Wigglesworth was an English evangelist. He died in the uh, late 40s. A worldwide ministry. I mean, just amazing things happen in his ministry. But I love, I got a quote from one of his books. His books are everywhere now. He said this, it seems as though when you're believing God, he said there's something about believing God that will God cause God to pass over a million people just to get to you. Think about a million people on the street, they're marching, and just one person, God goes, ooh, he sees your faith. Passes by all those people just to get to you. How many know that's amazing? That is the prayer of faith. In the prayer of faith, you may or may not have anybody else praying with you. God's promised to come through. Let's hone in a little further. Two scripture I'll share about the prayer of faith. Jesus mentioned quite a bit about prayer in the New Testament. Here's two things. And these two things he mentioned are specifically about this personal prayer of faith. Or prayer of petition. Matthew 21, 22. This is an NIV version. If you believe. Now he qualified it. If. 
That means you may not be believing. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. And then modern English version, which is the derivative of the King James, New King James. Ask whatever and whatever you ask in prayer. If you believe, there's the qualifier, got to believe, you will receive. Now, now he made it a little more specific in Mark. Mark got very specific about this one. When he penned the words of Jesus, New King James says this, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them. That's the qualifier. You've got to believe you receive it, and then you will have it. Now, God's Word translation, I love that translation, very clear. I think it brings a little more clarity to what this prayer of petition, prayer of faith is. He says this, God's Word translation, that's why I tell you to have faith that you've already received whatever you pray for, and it will be yours. You get that? So, so what, this, what is this? What does this prayer do? This prayer takes hope. How many know hope is a vision? Hope is a dream. Hope is a desire. You know, you hope for money to pay a bill. You hope for money to buy a house. You hope for money to get you a new car. You hope, you know, that this condition in your body will go away. You hope this circumstance will change. Everybody's got hope, right? If you don't have any hope, you're depressed. Right? So, so hope is great. In fact, 1 Corinthians 13 now abides faith, hope, and love. So, so watch what the prayer of faith does. It grabs your hope. Hope is always future. It's never, it's never present tense. It's always future tense. Hope is always something in the future, right? Hope is something you don't have now, but you're hoping one day you'll get it, right? Now, here's what the prayer of faith does. It takes my hope, and it says, all right, I'm going to act like I got it right now. Is that good? So, so see, if you're praying for something personal, and you're still talking like you don't have it, it's in your future. You're not praying the prayer of faith right. You get it? You get it? You got you to gotta pray and talk as though you believe, even though you can't see it or feel it, it's yours. That's what the prayer of faith does. Notice again, Jesus said, whatever you ask for when you pray, the qualifier is, believe you receive. Them is actually italicized in the King James or New King James, meaning it wasn't in the original language. He literally said, believe you receive, comma, and you will have. So he gives two jobs. My job when I pray the prayer of faith is to believe that God has answered the prayer before it's answered. I don't have it in my hand. I don't have the money in my hand. The symptoms are still raging in my body. The circumstance hasn't changed. But I act mentally. I act towards it the way I talk as though it's mine. You get the difference? So whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive and you will have. Now, now he's talking about two different things. My job when I'm praying this prayer is to believe I've got it before it looks like I have it or feels like I have it, right? Right? God's job is when I believe it's mine, my faith just pulls his power into my circumstance. And his job is for, to manifest it. You get it? 
So before I have the money in the bank to do whatever, to build a building, I got to believe it's there. Now, I don't write a check yet, but I talk like it's there. I speak like it's there. I think like it's there. And I thank like it's there. And I worship like it's there. You get it? You get it? Now, if you'll do that, miracles will happen. Do you hear me? This is an amazing, amazing prayer. Your thoughts, your actions, and your words all have to go together for this prayer to work. My job is to believe I got it. Faith takes the place of what I don't have, but God promised until it shows up. And faith says, not sometime in the future, but Lord, right now I believe. And you know what it keeps you from doing? It keeps you from getting despondent. It keeps you from looking at all the negatives. It keeps you from being oppressed and depressed because everything looks the same. Everything's so bad. Well, shut up and worship. No, it takes your eyes off the problems, eyes off the circumstances, and it keeps our eyes on the Lord. You get the difference? Now, I've got some, you know, I didn't share this illustration in first service. Here's one. So in 1990, I had started a church in a small town in South Carolina. You see, in 1990, when I started, uh, when, when, uh, what I'm about to talk about, I was 30, um, just almost 32 years old. Ah, uh, 32 years old. Just turned 32, young. And uh, not a whole lot of life experience, but I had a lot of faith in God. So I got a church going, turned over to somebody. And uh, so God had me go into a traveling ministry. One of the Bible schools I went to was Kenneth Hagin's, and he said, if you're a pastor, you ought to travel for two years. I mean, that way you'll know how to treat a traveling ministry, and we treat them well here when they come. And then he said, if you're a traveling minister, you ought to be a pastor for two years. You'll know how to treat a pastor. Now, I didn't mean to do this, but I turned, God led me to turn my little baby I birthed, that little church I started, over to another guy that was born and raised in the community I, re- I started the church in. And then God led me into a traveling ministry. And y'all, oh my goodness, it didn't go the way I thought it would. And, and, and in the middle of all that, one day I was praying. And the Lord said, Mitch, I want you to start a business. I said, you have got to be joking with me. Said, no, I want you to start a business to augment your income. You're traveling on the weekends, and I wasn't traveling at that time. How many know it takes time to gather speed, momentum? Wasn't traveling, and I had, you know, three small children at the time. And uh, we had another fourth one later, but uh, three small children at the time. I'm 32. You know, I got my mortgage. I got my car payments. I got all that. Children are starting school, starting kindergarten, starting to get really expensive. You know, kids got dollar bills on them, (laughs) you know. So it's like, man, I need money. So I was praying one day, and the Lord spoke to me. Start a business. Gave me the name. I didn't want to do it. It's painting wallpaper. And I just had bad ideas about people that painted for a business, for a living. And it wasn't good ideas, wrong ideas. They're really wrong, really bad. But God told me to do what he wanted to deal with pride in me. Then he just wanted me to obey him. Well, I did that. So anyway, I put an ad in the paper, put the name of a little business on there, you know, my hometown. And uh, I just had faith that if I put, let somebody know I had the business, that I eventually get business. So, so here's what I did. I got up in the morning, just like I was going to be real busy, and, and, uh, and, you know, started my little business, put my ad in the paper. And guess what happened? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. We had a song we sang in the 80s. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And that's what was happening. Absolutely nothing. 
So I get up in the morning, you know, and I'm not kidding. You know, when you believe you receive, you act like you have. So, you know, for me, now I'm a nuthead, but, you know, so I go out and I knew I was going to do estimates on people's houses and stuff. So I put my coat and tie on. A painter with a coat and tie is like, that's stupid. Oh, no, I'm going to put my best foot forward, give them my best. So I did that. So I got up in the morning, sat at my desk. I read my Bible, prayed, because I'm also in ministry. But I'm waiting on that phone to ring. It didn't ring. It kept not ringing day after day. So you know what I did? I walked back and forth in my office. Lord, I want to thank you for this business. I believe I receive lots of people calling me. Thank you. I have business. People want what I do, and they don't even know they want what I do. I thank you. I thank you. I'm busier. In fact, I said, I'm so busy, I got to hire people. Thank you. And every day I said that. So I prayed one time. And after that, I never prayed that same way again. And that's the way the prayer of faith is. You pray it one time, and then you change the way you talk to the Lord about it. You talk about it in present tense, not future tense. So I'd wake up in the morning. Lord, I want to thank you for a busy day with this business. I'll be busy all day. I want to thank you. I have all the business. I, have, I believe I receive all the business I need. Thank you. Thank you. And guess what? The phone kept not ringing. So I did it day after day after day. Finally, finally, to make a long story short, I had to hire four people. I was at a meeting in Waycross, Georgia, May of 1991, Sunday to Wednesday. Susan called me and said, Mitch, how you doing? I said, well, I'm busy preaching. She said, well, you need to come home when you can. You got 12 contracts. I like to swallow my tongue. I said, what? <laughs> now, I had believed I received. How many understand? Took a while for it to kick in. That business thrived. To start with, it didn't. It looked like nothing changed. But I had to believe that I received and act and talk and shout and sing and smile as though it was working when it looked like nothing's working. In fact, I heard these, these, these thoughts in my head. You're stupid. Nothing's working. You're dumb. How many hear me? That's the way the prayer of faith works. I mean, you hear my voice today. It feels a little croaky. Well, you don't know, but three days ago, I couldn't talk. I couldn't even, I couldn't even whisper. I couldn't even, I, I sounded like this. And the devil said, you better get somebody else to preach for your Sunday. I said, ain't preaching for me Sunday, I'm preaching. You can't talk. Listen, I said, it don't matter. I believe I receive. And I asked God to heal me. Am I talking? Amen. Yeah. So. See, faith takes the place of what you don't have till it comes. Now, here's what I believe I receive. Full manifestation of a strong voice. And I don't care what you hear or what you think about what you hear. Because I believe I receive. You get it? And when you believe you receive, take time out of the equation. Time don't matter. If you're waiting, so well, I see if it worked, you're not in faith. Huh? Huh? You're in, I don't know what you are, superstition, I don't know. But when you're in faith, take time out the equation. You, it's yours now. How many understand? It's just the way it works. So uh, whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive. You'll have one other illustration, and I'll be done. Um, you know, uh, six and a half years ago, uh, 2013, I guess that's what, that's seven years ago. Yeah, that's seven years ago, right? Yeah. Uh, we finished the building six and a half. So seven years ago right now, um, February um, 1st, 2013, uh, we entered into contract to purchase this property. 
Now, here's a little faith story. This is the prayer of faith. So I had to pray the prayer of faith to do that. And when you pray the prayer of faith, you know the will of God. You know what you need. You know what you want. So some people think, well, that's mighty braggadocious and prideful for you to think you know the will of God and then to pray so strongly that borderlines on arrogance. No, it doesn't. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, yes or no, you will ask what you will and it shall be done to you. The qualifier in that is you. Whatever you desire, when you pray, you believe, you, you receive, right? So John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask for what you will and it'll be done. Yes? So God's trusting us to know his will, yes. I've got a series I'll do this year, how to hear the voice of God and the details of life. So if you have the word inside, the Holy Spirit inside. If you start to ask for something that's not right, he'll tell you. Let me give you a story quickly. Everybody good? Y'all got five minutes? Five minutes? All right, so here, five minutes. Here we are. So uh, January 2013, the second Tuesday of January 2013, it was the first day, my first day back in office after Christmas of 2012. And at the time, for a couple of years, uh, we were in the building on Aversboro Road, and we had been, uh, in fact, we had been believing God for a building on Highway 70 uh, in, in downtown Garner, it's in the downtown area. And uh, so anyway, I had put a picture of that building on, a, on, a, on, on just a little card and stuck it in the seat pockets, and every Sunday, I, we'd put it on the, on the uh, screen, you know, and we were raising money to raise $700,000 and all that. Some of you were here then. So anyway, uh, and I kept saying one day, We'll have that bill. I talked to the owners. They didn't want to sell it, but that didn't matter to me because if God wants us to have it, we'll get it, right? So anyway, it's just the way it was. And so I had a habit. Every time I went by on 70, it was on the left as I turned uh, from Timber Drive or um, a person, road, I guess it's Timber Drive there, turned left onto 70. And it's right on my left. And I don't care if somebody was in the car. I said, hush. And I said two things. Lord, thank you for uh, a contract on that building and a supernatural way to pay for it. I mean, every time. So here it was, the first Tuesday of, of January 2013, and, and that's the first day back in the office, so, you know, I'm, I'm at the light on Timber Drive, and I'm turning left, and, and I go by the building, so I do what I always do. Lord, I want, and when I said, Lord, I want to, th- I didn't even get thank you out. I heard. Now, what do you mean? Inside me, I heard the words. Now, wait just a minute, Mitch. I said, what? He didn't let me finish my, my believing. He said, now, you can believe for that building if you want to. And that'll be okay. But if you'll let me. That's what I heard. I'll give you something better. I said, really? Wait. Because I'm not one. Once I, I'm like a dog with a bone. I don't let go easy. You know? I got some tough jaws. I said, really? I said, okay. So I said, okay, here's what I, let's make a deal. And I said, if you can do this in a way I don't lift a hand to make it happen, then I'll take my faith off this building and I'll let you do what you want to do. And I heard him say, all right. I said, oh, okay. Just a few days, a month late, not even a month later, we entered into contract for this property right here. 
Here's the skinny. Listen to this. This cost one-third of what the other would have cost. Better. Better location. We got this property for less than half its value. Is that a miracle? Yeah. Isn't God good? So see, God will let you. I'm just telling you. You ask for what you will, he'll be done for you. You get it? If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Second part of this is, we entered into contract. I'm telling you old faith stories. This is how it works. And y'all, I've done this. I've been with Jesus. I'm into my 44th year. I pray the same kind of prayer thousands. I'm not exact thousands of times about small and big things. And it all works the same way. You hear me? Jerry Savelle, 1977, he was a minister from Texas. He was in our first Bible school. I was 19 years old. And we had a class on faith. He was our guest speaker. And he said, you need to exercise faith. And he got his pen. He said, don't ever buy your own pen. Ask God for it. And then he said, look at my shoes. And he said, I never buy my own shoes. I ask God for a pair of shoes. He said, start with small things and let your faith grow. I thought, never heard that before. I'd just go get me a pen when I need one. He said, the eraser goes bad on your pencil. Believe God for a new pencil. Let God do it with the small things, and you can believe for big things. I started small, and y'all now can believe for big things. You get it? So, uh, anyway. So, uh, we entered into contract to purchase this property February 1st, 2013. We had 60 days to get the, uh, you know, we had some money in the bank, but we needed extra money, so we had to go to a bank and get a, get a small loan to finish up the process and such. So uh, the board and I met, they said, okay. So we had 60 days, February, and that means April 1, 2013. We had to have the money to put in, to, or the agreement from the bank that we would have the money to purchase the property. What, what we didn't know, everybody in their cat wanted this property. I mean, the businessman told us that the government wants this property so bad, they will give me cash today. But I don't want the government in my backyard. I want a church here. A church is here. I want a church to go back. I said, good idea. I believe you. You know, so what I didn't know was, and other entities wanted it, and they were giving cash. And we had to go get a bank loan. So anyway, short of it was, Short of it was, uh, the government wanted this so bad, there's a contract called second right of refusal. Which means, if the first party that has a contract on property, if they don't get the financing and, and don't give a promise to the owner that they have the goods, the money to pay for it, then the second contract immediately goes in force on a certain day. And that day it was to go in force was April 1st. 2013. So y'all, let me tell you how faith works. Man, y'all, we got right up to the nub. We, listen, we went to 11 banks. We got a portfolio together, had some people that knew their business and did it well, and we presented our case to 11 banks. Nine banks said, we can't help you. And we said, look at this. They said, I've never, they, the, here's what they said. We've never seen a better portfolio of information from any church ever, but we won't loan you the money because you're not part of a denomination. Now, I wanted to say, listen to me. <laughs> but I didn't. Held myself back. Not, that happened nine times. Then two banks, one bank said, well, we'll loan you, but wouldn't loan the whole amount. I said, why even, at, why even tell me that? 
And one bank. And that's what I told the Lord. Lord, all I need is one banker to say we'll do it. And we got one to do it. So here's what they say. We'll get you Friday. They say we'll get you the note. We'll get you the paper saying we'll own the money, blah, blah, blah. It's a legality, you know, so that second contract won't go through. So, no kidding. April 1st, Monday. April Fool's Day. <laughs> 6.30, I'm here in the, um, the other building in the office. Work all day. Uh, 5 o'clock. 4.55. I'm calling, I'm calling my guy. Hey, hey, we got the paper from... No, we don't have it yet. 4.56. Got the paper yet? No. Hey, we had to have it by 5 o'clock. 4.57. Got the... No. 4.59. Got the... No. Ding. 5 o'clock. Business is over. Oh, Jesus. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. I agreed with one of our board members. I believe I receive. So, you know, the business, we were waiting on the owners of the property. Call say, well, we need the paper from the bank, you know, blah, blah. They called it 520. And here's what they said. Well, the CFO called said, well, we're out of town. Tell you what, I'm out of town, but I'll be back in the morning flying back into Raleigh late. Uh, what if I come and pick that up at 8 o'clock in the morning? Say, that'd be good. Maybe 9 o'clock. That'd be good. Y'all, 8 o'clock the next morning, the bank faxed the paper to us. And we got it. Is that good? Now, my flesh was sweating bullets for two months. And my mind saying, it ain't working. What you going to do? And then I could see the devil showed me a picture. Going up the congregation. Well, we didn't get the property. We didn't get. And I just have to keep saying, shut up. And that's what you do when you're standing in faith. The devil had paid an ugly picture. I mean, I had a bad battle with my physical body this week. Uh, you know, we went on that cruise, and somebody on the cruise gave everybody the flu. It was ridiculous. Uh, they were working sick. I'm not making that up. Ridiculous. So anyway, I was laying in bed one night, and I heard, you're going to die. Because I couldn't even breathe. <laughs> you're going to die in your sleep. You'll just quit breathing. I said, devil, you just unmask yourself. Shut up. I believe I receive. And y'all... I'm here today, and I'm not infectious, and I'm fine. How many hear me? So, let me say as I close about the prayer of faith, it went a little too long. Y'all okay? I took nine minutes instead of five. Will you forgive me? I just have fun. So, um, the prayer of faith, sometimes you can pray it too quickly. Now, what I mean by that? The undergirding foundation for the prayer of faith is God's word. You have faith in God's word that he will answer your prayer. Now, in my notes, go look at them. I've got 14 scripture. I have meditated on these scriptures that let them roll around inside of me for over 40 years. Every day. I did it this morning. And, and, and so before I pray the prayer of faith on some big things like this, I'll take those scriptures and I'll read them again even though I could quote them. I read them. I think about them. And just make sure my faith is sure. Because faith in God is faith in his word. And I tell people sometimes, if you've got a big challenge, don't pray so quickly. Get yourself ready to pray by developing your faith, by reading Scripture where God promised to answer prayer. You got that? They're all in my notes. That'll help you. Did you get something out of that? The prayer of faith is amazing. So as I close, here's the offshoot of the prayer of faith. I I mean, y'all, it just makes me feel close to the Lord because... He's got to come through for me. To have a need is to have a call to prayer. And you know, when when you talk to the Lord and you're in partnership with Him, 
and you trust in him to come through in your life or someone else's life. I don't know about you, but it endears my heart towards him. It's all these years just God put me in situations where it's like, I can't do this. I don't know what to do. My back's against the wall. It's like he's saying, well, that's good because together we'll be amazing. And it just makes you feel close to him. Do you understand? Praying the prayer of faith and just walking by faith, it's a heart thing. This is not some, this is not some stilted, you know, mental activity of, of laws. No, no, it's a heart thing. You pray the prayer of faith, you'll have testimonies of the power of God and you'll be able to impart faith to others as well. God will do amazing things.